Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we are talking about a sanctuary where you can unplug and find almost complete relaxation outside with the help of some healing waters. And I'm talking about none other than Brightonbush Hot Springs. Ah, that's right, Vicki. Brightonbush is a place that you and I have each visited separately, and we both agree it is an absolute oasis, conveniently located just about two hours from Portland. Whenever we come together for a podcast, or I should say recently after we had both visited, we already talked about this at length. Um, so I'm just, I'm very excited to uh, finally have an episode dedicated to Brighton Bush. <laughs> Vicky, remind me, so you've been once, right? Yes, I went once um, toward the end of April. Um, I was really excited to go at a time where like it hadn't yet gotten really hot outside, but it wasn't freezing. There was no snow on the ground. And um, I went with Nicole Hayden, our homelessness reporter here at the Oregonian. Amazing. And you did a day trip, right? Yes, we just mm-hmm. went for the day. Um, so left Portland, honestly, not even that early. I think we left Portland a little bit before noon um, and got there right in time around like lunch hour and kind of stayed up until last call for day passers, which is around 6 p.m. When was your first time visiting, Jamie? My first time was also this year. It was in February when uh, my partner Sadie and I and a friend of ours went there for just, again, a day trip, right? Just like Mm -hmm. you said, Um, but it was a little bit colder. Uh, There was snow on the ground still a little bit. but then I went for the second time just recently, just uh, at the end of May for um, an overnight trip for work um, to do a story on Brighton Bush. So Sadie and I went back and um, spent two nights at Brighton Bush. And I found that to be, I mean, the day, the day trip is an incredible experience. Doing it overnight is something I, I'd wanted to do since that first time. And I feel like two nights at least is definitely the way to go if you want to do something more than just a day. Um, just so nice to immerse yourself in the experience of Brighton Bush. I think before we jump too into this, <laughs> for those who don't know about Brighton Bush, um, maybe we should take a few steps back and kind of explain what exactly this place <laughs> is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so give a give kind of an overview statement, Jamie, how you would describe this to someone who's unfamiliar. Well, it is, it is a mountain hot springs resort. Um, so these are natural mineral hot springs in the Cascade Mountains, just north of Detroit Lake. And um, but it's not like you know Twilliger Hot Springs where you go and you hike in and you know you're there with whoever. Um, you have to pay to be there. Um, there are rules. Um, there's you know that's not like a strict place, but they have a bunch of lodging opportunities to stay overnight. There is um, a place where your meals are taken care of. So you get, you know, their vegetarian meals that are provided breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell service. Um, you are off the grid soaking in hot springs in beautiful scenery for however long you want to stay there, basically. 
yeah, that's a great overview <laughs> statement about Frightenbush. Um, yeah, so this is a place where, again, you have the option. You can either purchase a day pass um, or you can stay overnight, and there are many lodging options. Um, so for me, I uh, went with my friend Nicole. It was 35 bucks for each of us, and then we added on lunch. Um, and this is a place where... You know, basically, we parked our car, we got there, you walk to a welcome center, they give you a map because uh, it tells you where exactly the different hot springs are located on this, you know, quote unquote campus of um, a hot spring. And then um, also where that is in relation to the lodge where food is served and where they have kind of a common area. Um, So I was just surprised about the different offerings that they have available. Cause not only is it a place where you go and soak, um, but it's also a place that's known as a retreat center. There are massages offered there. Um, there's just a lot going on. And I was really surprised by this. Yeah. I mean, you can really luxuriate to the degree that you want. Um, they had live music when I was there. They have mm-hmm. like morning meditation sessions. They have, tours of the place, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, it is, uh, you know, as retreats go, as resorts go a bit, uh, maybe crunchy is the word, um, Mm -hmm. people may use. Um, and, and I, we should also mention before we get too, too far into this, it is a place in the, in the soaking pools, at least that are clothing optional. Um, so if you're not into that at all, don't worry about it. You, you can you can stop listening to this if you want and go somewhere else. But it's a place not everyone is is nude in the soaking pools. Plenty of people wear bathing suits and it's totally fine. Um, but that is an element of of that there. Um, it was you know it's been a resort like this for a hundred years or so, um, and since the late seventies, it has been in its current iteration as Brighton Bush Hot Springs, um, which is sort of you know this off the grid. Um, the people who work there are like living in a communal setting. Um, everything's self-sufficient. They have their own hydroelectric dam. They have their own, you know, sewage system. They make their own food. You know, they've got every, they do everything themselves. They have their own fire department. Um, and so they're completely self-contained, self-sufficient resort up in the mountains, which I think is really, really cool. So why are they soaking, relaxing, napping? There are also people working heavy machinery, clearing out logs and like building decks and like, you know, putting stuff together and managing the hydroelectric grid. It's crazy. It is like off the grid to the next level. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, very cool just to look around, get a tour and find out like how, how they do this stuff. Absolutely. Um, and if you visit their website and just the sense you get from being there, um, sustainability obviously is a huge part. Um, as Jamie mentioned, there's a hydroelectric plant that is powered by the Brighton Bush River. Uh, this supports 85 of their full-time residents and up to 250 guests, which is crazy. Um, and then stewardship and community are also big cornerstones of Brighton Bush. You'll see that they, on their website, they'll host different um service weeks where you can come and help out on the grounds there, which is really awesome. Um, and that's, that's just the sense that I got from being there as well, from all of the, the workers, um, there and 
everyone we were greeted by. Awesome sense of community at Brighton Bush. Absolutely. And it seems to have been strengthened by the recent wildfire that swept through Brighton Bush. Um, back in 2020, obviously bad year for wildfires in Oregon. Um, we had the Lion's Head Fire, which combined with the Beachy Creek Fire and did all kinds of damage in that area. Um, destroyed the Opal Creek Wilderness. Um, you know, obviously people lost lives, lost homes, lost everything. And at Brighton Bush Hot Springs, they lost most of their buildings. Um, the lodge stuck around a couple of other buildings, but like they had, I think I want to say 75 cabins burned to the ground. They lost all those. So in the last few years, Brighton Bush has been in this, this process of rebuilding. Um, when you go there now, you'll see a lot of uh, imagery of, of phoenixes um, on their t-shirts. There's, you know, um, some art around of this idea of rising from the ashes. That is kind of what they're trying to do there. So a lot of their lodging now is brand new, which is strange because you're in this resort where people, I mean, it's people have been there for thousands of years. Um, it's been in there in this iteration for, you know, 50 years almost. Um, but when you're staying in, in this lodging, it's like, you know, it was built like a year ago, um, yeah. brand new bathhouse. Um, it's, it's very, it's very, it's kind of a strange thing to reconcile, but it's very cool to be able to stay in this brand new stuff that they've just built for this. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, so when Nicole and I were soaking uh, in our first tub when we were there, we were joined by another woman who seemed like she had been coming to Brighton Bush for years on it. Not just seemed, she told us she'd been coming to Brighton <laughs> Bush for many years. And um, with our discussion about it, it was kind of like, you know, oftentimes now in present day, we talk about the before and after times in relation to COVID, but she was actually talking about like the before and after times of the, the fire and how it's affected uh, Brighton Bush. So she was telling me about how it used to be and now finally coming back and how much she had missed it um, and things she's looking forward to. So it was interesting to hear that perspective from someone who uh, is a long timer for Brighton Bush. Yeah, I've, I've heard them talk about it at pre-fire, post-fire. Mm -hmm. um, there's very few em employees left who were there from before the fire. A lot of folks moved on. Um, but I, I talked to one of the founders about this, and I said, you know, with so much that you've lost, was there ever a point when, you know, you all were tempted to be like, well, let's just call it quits. Let's move on. And he was like, no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. This is what we do. And it was just a new challenge to overcome. Um, so they're not trying to like stuff this history away. Um, like you yeah. said, Vicky, you know, people talk up before fire, after fire, but the fire being such an important moment in Brighton Bush, like they have photos on the walls of the place going up in flames. Yeah. Um, they have a big picture of the firefighters, the, the five firefighters from their fire department who stayed behind to save what they could. Um, and they revere those guys now. Um, yeah. They're, they're heroes. And that's, um, it's interesting that, that they've really sort of embraced that and they've just, they displayed that history, um, mm -hmm. in the open. So while you're soaking, having this relaxing time, you also get to see pictures of the place going up in flames, this horrible traumatic event. They're not, they're not trying to say, oh, we, we don't want to talk about it. They're really just saying, let's talk about it. Let's talk mm -hmm. about how we're, we're moving on and growing from that. Um, and I think that's really cool and kind of inspiring. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I saw a lot of those photos up in their kind of like 
communal area with the, mm-hmm. the one room that has like a piano in it too. They, they did tell me they are looking to build more community space. That is sort of like their one indoor community space they have there. And they used to have a lot more, obviously, that, that is not there anymore. Um, so there's like it, when you are there um, between the Welcome Center that you mentioned, Vicky, and the Lodge, there's this like big, enormous open dirt field that used to be a forest and is no longer. Um, and that's where they've built some of their newest lodging, the Grove, um, which is like this series of like um, – sort of think about it, these long, these long, like four room buildings. Um, I think they have four rooms each and they've got these sort of these, these small, very simple rooms. You get a bed and a table, um, you know, a little heater for their geothermal heat system. And that's it. That's all you get. And it's very nice. Um, but they also have some yurts out there, um, and a bunch of open space. And they said, you know, that's where you want to, you know, maybe eventually, obviously we'd love to have plants out here again, right? There's like no greenery in that field. Um, but they want to build more, more like another sanctuary, another place to do yoga that's not in the lodge, um, places for people to gather more. Um, that's kind of seems what they're looking to do more of now. They've built all the lodging they want to do. Aside from the Grove, they have some platform tents. They have some fancier platform tents. Um, they have this place called the Milky Way, which is an old refrigerator truck converted into some like uh, even simpler, lower cost housing. You can take your tent out there and camp in the field. You can take your RV out there and camp. They have a few like fancy yurts, um, which are really nice. Um, and there's a couple of rooms in the lodge itself, if you don't mind uh, living a little bit you know, noisier of a, of, a, of a situation. But a lot of places to stay out there right now. But they told me, we're not building any more lodging. We're kind of done with that for right now. We're going to focus on like infrastructure and building more bathrooms and shower houses and then getting some community space up. That's kind of like their next plan, but it's a lot of work and they still have a lot more to do. So Jamie, maybe we should get into the soaking areas themselves um, Mm -hmm. and the actual hot springs. Did you have a favorite out of the different areas? Oh man, gosh, they're different. Yeah. Right. So there, there's two, there's two different areas to soak. And Vicky, maybe, maybe you can explain what those two areas are like. I, I imagine you went to them both. Yes, I did go to them both. And I'm, my favorite was, was um, the spiral tubs. Ah. Um, and that was actually the first that we went to. We actually, we went on a Saturday, so it was, it got pretty busy and we found the spiral tubs, even with crowds to be the most relaxing. And so with the spiral tubs, there are four different tubs there. And, um, as you go clockwise, starting at one, they get hotter and hotter as you go. Um, so there's one where like initially sticking just my toes in, I was like, I'm going to boil in this water. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you can do it any way you want, but maybe you start at the coolest one and work your way up. But what I really loved about this area was that you have those four tubs, um, for the hot springs, but then there's also a cold plunge next to it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've increasingly gotten more and more into um, is cold plunging. So 
I really enjoyed going from those really, really hot waters to going and just like seeing how long I can stay in the cold <laughs> plunge. And every, and, you know, it's like a great environment. Everyone's super friendly and everyone's like cheering you on as you go into this cold plunge. They're like, you can do it. You can do it. Um, so that was that was my favorite part. And so the other area um, is called the meadow pools. And it's the same kind of deal where um, the different areas get increasingly more hot as you go farther out into the meadow. Um, and I liked this a lot too. Uh, it felt where the spiral tubs, you're kind of like around in a concrete area. And this, the meadow pools, as the name implies, you feel like you're kind of more out in in the meadow, in nature. Um, and each one kind of is its own private area. And um, these tend to be a little bit bigger as well. So more people can come in. Um, and there's like almost like a shallow area and then it gets a little bit deeper. Um, so those were awesome as well. I think the hottest of them was closed when I was there. So I didn't get to experience that one. But I have no bad things to say about the meadow tubs. They were awesome. <laughs> I I think I like the meadow tubs the best personally. Really? Okay. Um, the you know kind of like you said they kind of work their way you know in, in heat. There's the near pool, the middle one, and the far one. The far one is also a silent pool, so no yes. no talking of any kind there. Um, and it, it kind of, it, it's the first two are kind of built up into the hillside a little bit, mm -hmm. um, as the far one is, is, is exposed more. So you can kind of get a broader view of the landscape, um, just more open that mm -hmm. way. Um, so it's really quite nice. Um, I, I think a big difference between them is, is the degree to which people socialize in them. Mm. The spiral pools just being these sort of perfect little circles, they are, um, naturally encourage more people to socialize. I always find myself getting into conversations more with people. Mm -hmm. You're sharing a tub. They only fit like, what, four, maybe five people yeah. in those little spiral uh, spiral tubs. <laughs> Not a lot. And you're all kind of facing each other because it's this perfect circle. And so, I mean, I met lots of great people there, um, folks in Portland, folks from Bend or folks from across the country. Um, it was very, very nice to sort of chat with folks. But the meadow pools... Um, so because they're a little bit more open, a little bit larger, you can kind of take your own space and it, it is more natural to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, so I found myself really drawn to the sort of the middle of the meadow pools, Yeah, middle heat, um, we're kind of up there against the hillside. Uh, we were there in, uh, at sunset, one of the nights we were there Ugh. and it was just that perfect, you know, the color was starting to fade and I was just, you know, it was pure blissfully silent and i was just resting there looking out at the the meadow there and this little family of four black-tailed deer wandered out and they like were you know eating and there were three of us in the pool and we all just like exchanged like looks like our jaws dropped and we were just like oh, look you know and uh you know it was so nice no one took out their phone uh to take video of it uh -huh. everyone just sat there in the silence and just watched it together and, it, yeah. and experienced it and i love that yeah um, just such a cool experience. And that's the kind of thing I like about Brighton Bush, you know, the opportunity to have no ability for internet, mm -hmm. uh, for cell service, even when I'm, when I'm camping, like you get a stray signal here and you get a bunch of notifications and you go, Oh great. Now I can check Instagram or whatever. And I give into that all the time, but having no 
access at all. I loved it. <laughs> I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I couldn't do the Wordle in the morning and that was fine. You know, it was <laughs> no big deal. Uh, and uh, having people take care of all your food for you. You just, you know, can soak until you hear the dinner bell ring and then you go eat dinner. Um, it, it's something about taking away your decision making in, in a way that kind of sounds like that sounds like a bad thing, but to not have to worry about anything, I guess, to have all your needs just met. Um, there's not a menu to select from. They just give you food. And I feel like, Vicky, we should actually talk about the food because that for me is one of the my favorite things about Brighton Bush. And one of the things that I think surprised me the most is how good the food really is. The food is excellent. And um, yeah, I was glad that we arrived in time for lunch service when we got there, which is I think at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we got there. It might have been like five minutes before the, that bell rang. And I was like, oh, we don't even have to wait in line. We are right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brighton Bush serves... Um, vegetarian meals, really, really tasty vegetarian meals. I am not a vegetarian. I really enjoyed this food. Um, And they also have, you can make it um, vegan options as well, because I don't know about dinner if it's served the same way, but lunch was served buffet style. And um, so my meal specifically was kind of like a taco bowl. You build and put whatever toppings you want on it. And um, they had... uh, a vegetarian or vegan chorizo uh, that was your protein option. And wow, it was so good. They also had like a flavored lemonade there. Um, Really delicious, really filling. Uh, I went back for seconds. I was just really starving from the drive. (laughs) Um, But it was great. You just line up, grab your plate, buffet style, grab what you want, and then sit down uh, there are a ton of tables and they just say, if you want to sit next to someone, you go up and say, hey, can I join mm-hmm. you and eat with you? And if you want to make friends, you can. If you want your own peaceful lunch, you can have that option too. Exactly. You never know what someone's there for. Some are there for community yeah. building. Some are there for personal healing. You don't want to interrupt anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, all the meals are prepared buffet style, like you said, um, and they're I'd say like nine out of 10 are, are excellent. Um, so a lot of different styles, varieties, uh, obviously vegetarian food is not just salad. Um, there's often a salad you can do. Um, but like one of the things that we loved there the most, we got, um, the dinner on our first night was, um, kitchery with naan and like, uh, they had, uh, curried sweet potatoes and cauliflower. They had some, um, uh, chutney, um, they had like, all like homemade, there's like this homemade sweet chutney, sweet spice chutney. It's so good. You know, uh, like they always have like a, like a lime ginger cooler. Um, I think it was one of the mornings there was, it was like, um, this really hearty oatmeal and fruit mm-hmm. and they had, it was a lavender milk tea and it was so good. <laughs> they don't mess around with these drinks. These non-alcoholic drinks are hitting the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it, it, it felt so good. Like my body loved it. Um, you know, there's always a, a, a sweet treat at lunch. You get a cookie at lunch. Um, that was the two days we were there anyway. Yeah. Um, lunch only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was great. I went back for seconds both times because I don't mess around when it comes to cookies. No. Um, but everything was so good. 
Um, I think it's also worth noting, I know I, I just mentioned they're non-alcoholic beverages, but this is also, in, a, in addition to being a digital detox, uh, this is also a substance-free um, area and uh, retreat center. So uh, there's no alcohol there, um, no, no drugs are permitted on site either. So it is really a, uh, a relaxation free of distractions um, at Brighton yeah. Bush. Yeah, leave leave your beer at home, leave your cannabis at home, um, and just enjoy the day, you know, or the the nights hanging out and taking a break from the world. That's the nice thing, right? Is you can just leave everything behind and just soak. There's something about about soaking. I don't know if you experience this, Vicky, but like I remember being in the pools one of those nights and just like feeling like my body relax and feeling myself let go of things of, of like tension or stress or having these like emotional releases. It was just so nice. I don't know if it's just the hot water, if it's the intention of going there to get away from stuff, if it's the minerals in the water, I don't know exactly, but there's something about that process that just allows you to let go of things and breathe and relax um, and be taken care of. Even if you're going to natural hot springs in the Cascades, you still got to worry about camping, feeding yourself, cooking dinner, all this stuff. Yeah. And you can have all that taken care of. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, and it's, it's just a really special spot. Yeah. Jamie, I think this episode could honestly turn into an hour of us talking about <laughs> Brightbush uh, because we both love it so much. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else you want to add? Like, obviously, they have a lot of events coming up. You can check that out on the website. But anything else that we missed that you want to talk about? Well, like with everything we talk about here, going on weekdays, you're going to find less crowds. Yeah. Um, easier to book, um, you know, stuff for the night. Um, easier to get day passes if you're on a weekday. If you have the ability to, do it. Uh, make some space for folks in the weekend if you can. Um, but obviously a good place to go just about any time of year. They are open um, basically around as long as it's accessible, as long as the smoke's not too bad from fire season. Mm -hmm. um, they're open. So um, check them out. They're at this point still rebuilding, still hurting a little bit um, for finances to rebuild. That's a lot, a lot to do. So um, I know some folks are not aware that they are even reopened. I heard some staff members who said, oh yeah, like we hear from some old timers who used to come and they thought we were burned to the ground and that we're gone, but we're not, we're still here. Um, so remember that, come on out and check it out again. Um, don't be put off by the fire damage. Um, don't be put off by any of that. It's um, yeah. definitely in it, it still and newly a great place to stay. What about you, Vicki? Any, any final words from you? Um, I would say just check out the different events that they have coming up. I There are a ton that have actually caught my eye, whether you're looking for a meditation retreat or um, I, as a yoga teacher, am interested in some of like kind of teacher trainings that they have going on. Um, so yeah, check out that events calendar. Again, maybe you want to donate some of your time and work to uh, bettering Brighton Bush. That's also an option during their service weeks. Um, but yeah. Do you have any plans to go back anytime soon, Jamie, you think? Sadie and I said, we, we both have this thought separately 
and we said it to each other later. We're like, we need to come here at least once a year yeah. <laughs> for like the rest of our lives. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's, that's a plan. We're like every year we got to make it out here for at least the day. So, you know, maybe not this year. I think we're pretty busy this year, but next year we'll definitely make it out there again. I might follow suit on, on those, uh, planning thoughts there. I love that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Vicky, looking forward to continuing to gush with you about Brighton Bush <laughs> on and off the podcast. Uh, but folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast, as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.